0: Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations, to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning and uh, happy new year. Thank you very much. That's great. It's great. I I don't know if there's a liturgical response that we should be doing, you know. Happy New Year, and also to you. It'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's fun. But it is the New Year. And um, I don't know about you, but um, this is the kind of the time of the year where we always do the New Year, New Me, right? And that's kind of our dream, isn't it? That it'd be a New Year, and that what we would find is that a new you, a new me, has appeared. Now, sadly, though, that doesn't always happen. Now, normally, this service, the first one of the New Year, sometimes around the 2nd or the 3rd or 4th of January, and usually at that stage, our New Year's resolutions are still intact, right? But it's the 9th of January now. And this is the time when, you know, you're like, I'm going to the gym every day. And on the 8th of January, you went, well, not today, maybe, you know. And the people who go to the gym regularly always tell you these stories about the New Year, you know. they are like 50,000 new people show up at the gym for two weeks, and then it's over. And it's just the normals again, right? Because sometimes what happens is we sadly find that even though it's a new year, it's still the same old you and me that have entered it. You know that? Yes. And isn't it just a little bit depressing? Let me tell you a story. Um, Years ago, when I was growing up, um, you know, all the way up through my eighth grade year, which is about 12 in America, um, I I was a a nerdy, nerdy little boy. Um, You know, I I wore glasses and I carried a little briefcase to school. Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. I... If you're watching online this morning, the, the crowd is trying to make me feel better here in the room, and thank you for sending your love and messages online as well. Um, but I, I was just a nerdy little kid, and um, you know, I mean, like, I mean, you know, I went to school like you see in school movies. You know, America. You know, we just wore whatever you wanted to. But I thought I should wear a tie and carry a briefcase. <laughs> um, At 12, I was deep into theology and revival history. Um, I did not have a lot of girlfriends, let's put it that way. Um, So then, what happened though in my life is that the the next year, after my eighth grade year, I went away to boarding school, and I, I went and lived a long ways away, and was on my own. And that year, I kinda, like, became cool. You know what I mean? Like, all the things that I wanted to change about my life kinda changed. I got taller, I got cool hair, I got some contact lens. And, and I started a journey towards, like, you know, all the things that I often think we kind of think about at the beginning of a new year, you know? I want to do all these new things to make a new me. Well, I had made a new me successfully. And then when I came back to my hometown, people were like, wow, you're cool now. And I was like, and I still have no theology. <laughs> but this culminated when I was 17, and 17 for me had become kind of this pinnacle moment. I had finished high school early. Well, I didn't really finish high school. I just went straight into university. And um, I was going to university I really wanted to go to. I was kind of cool. I had my own car. My life was just kind of cracking along. And I was just like, hey, man, no more of that little, you know, chubby kid with glasses and a briefcase. It's me, right? And at the pinnacle of that moment, I met a girl. Tori, by the way, just want to make that clear. This isn't another weird story, okay? I met Tori. And Tori was so far out of my league, my own sister said, she's out of your league. Krista, if you're watching this morning, I haven't forgotten it, okay? But suddenly here I was, I had like this dream girl, And, and somehow, even though everyone told me she was out of my league, you still fell for me. We don't know what that was. A lot of prayer. I don't know. But anyway, so here is my life now. Everything that I wanted to fix, all the new things about me, everything had come into place. And I, one day, was down at a place called Pine Log Park. And Pine Log Park is this kind of park in our little town, and there were tennis courts there. And I went down to play tennis. And, and if I remember correctly, I think I was dressed all in white that day with my little Stan Smiths on. And I had a jaunty little jumper tied and a little knot on my collar. I'm not making any of this up, sadly. (laughs) And I'm walking, my tennis racket kind of going. And from across the other side of the tennis courts, I see my girlfriend's father, Dr. Roberts, the stockbroker, with all his cool friends. Now, he would have been younger than I am now, at that stage, and he was a very cool guy. And they saw me, and again, I was still like, I mean, I don't want to use the word nervous, I want to use the word completely terrified of him, you know, because he's your girlfriend's dad, right? And from across the tennis courts, he went, Hey, Trey. And I was like, How's it going, sir? And I remember just waving. And as I was walking, I was thinking, Man, this is pretty cool. Even the old men of the community have begun to recognize my coolness. And as I'm waving and walking, he starts going, Hey, hey, hey. And then all his cool friends start going, Hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, I see you, gentlemen, old men. Your eyesight might be bad, but mine is fresh, and I see you. And I was walking at a pretty good clip. I mean, I was, because, you know, I was trying to get my tennis match, so I'm walking like this. (laughs) And then at that moment, their crescendoed haze, and I turned and walked straight into a telephone pole and broke my nose. (laughs) And as I rose from the ground, it knocked me to the ground with blood streaming from my nose, suddenly I was like, I am still that geeky 13-year-old kid. I stood up, I, went, I hit that pole with a tennis racket in my hand, I stood up with a briefcase. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a new time, but it was still the same old me. I mean, I broke my nose so badly, it actually, I had broken my nose boxing a couple years earlier, and it broke it back straight, but that's why my nose looks like it does now, from that moment. And sometimes in our life, here's the thing, is that we dream that if we just fix all these circumstances and things that we see wrong with ourselves, that suddenly will be a new thing and everything will find purpose and meaning and destiny in our lives. And it's like in the middle of all that, it's like a telephone pole just goes, hello? And we all know that feeling. And that is why we so often look for these ways to kind of start a new us. Because we're looking for significance, we're looking for purpose in our lives. And probably right now, everyone in this room has an idea of your your ideal income that you'd really like to be at, your ideal job, your ideal weight, your ideal style, your ideal family circumstance, whatever. And so often we attach the meaning of our lives, we find purpose in our lives by having those things, or we lose purpose in our lives because we do not acquire them. But sometimes life just throws that telephone pole right into the middle of all of our hard work trying to become the new us. You know, I turned 50 a couple years ago. I turned 50 in 2020. I know, I know what you're thinking. You don't look a day over 58. (laughs) But you know, that birthday was amazing for me. Tori took me away on a holiday. And while we were away, it was in March. (laughs) You'll see the dates start to line up here, right? March 2020, first week. We're away in the sun. I come home and on the plane on the way home, I'm like, Tori, this is the year of Trey. This is gonna be the year of Trey. And then that weekend, we had an amazing surprise party for me after church, and I was like, this is the year of Trey, the year of Trey! And then literally within that week, coronavirus was like, hello! And I was just like, Pewah. because this is what happens in our lives so often, is that our circumstances hit us like a telephone pole. And, and I guess that's what I wanna say is that we're so looking for that elusive purpose in our lives. It's not bad that we're driven to find that. You were designed to live with purpose, to know purpose. The problem is not that you and I are hungry for purpose, the problem is that we're so often looking in the wrong place or in the wrong things to actually find it in our lives. And that's why we want to start a new series for the new year called Fit for Purpose. And what we want to talk about over this time is in the weeks ahead, we want to explore purpose from a new perspective. And that's why we've called it Fit for Purpose. The the beautiful truth today, and I want you to hear this with with all of your hearts this morning, the beautiful truth today is that anyone can uncover their purpose because God is longing to reveal to all of us the wonderful purpose that he has put into our lives. Now, the reason that I say uncover rather than discover is because of kind of a way of thinking that I have. Um, When I was... (laughs) <laughs> 12, <and laughs> reading art philosophy, I uh, came across this idea. It talks about how like a sculpture, like when someone is a sculptor and they're, they're making a sculpture, there's that, kind of two approaches. One is you look at a rock and you go, what can I create with this rock? But There's like a deeper form of art where you look at the rock and you go, inside of there is a beautiful sculpture and I'm going to uncover it. That profoundly affected my thinking. So when I became a songwriter and a producer and I started working with artists and writing their songs and things and working with them and producing, what I would often say is I would go, the melody is there, we just need to uncover it. The song is there, it's in there, we're just here to uncover it. And often the studio, I would say things like this, the song will tell us what it needs. And over the past sort of seven years or so, I've gotten into cooking. I never cooked. Didn't even know what that was, I just went, I just saw food miraculously appear because my mom did something, right? But I found that that's true about cooking as well. When I first started to learn to cook, I tried to like look at the food and go, give me a plan, I'll take a recipe. And I was bad, bad, bad at the recipe doing. But then one day I just started going, the food will tell us what it needs. So see like now when we cook, and again what Tori will do, sometimes Tori will throw something in and I'll be like, I'll come in and she'll be like, here's what I have going, I've got a chicken. What should you do? And then I have this whole thing of spices and flavors and knives and all this stuff and I go, wait a minute, the chicken will tell us. And I start slinging stuff in and Tori will go, I don't know if that goes together and I'm like, oh, the chicken has spoken, right? <laughs> and you've had some, you haven't had a bad meal yet, have you? Do you hear that testimony? <laughs> That's a testimony from the front row if you're, if you're at home. That's my wife saying it's true. Now listen, why am I telling you this? <laughs> One, you may be going, Trey's been out, um, he had COVID over Christmas, maybe he's lost his mind. But no. See, sculptures, songs, even food, the purpose, the power, the flavor, the melody is already there. It's already just waiting for someone to uncover it. And here's what I want to tell you this morning, hear my heart. You have deep purpose in your life already. You're not looking for purpose, it's in you. It just needs to be uncovered by the Father. Purpose isn't something we go find. Purpose is something that has been planted in you since before the beginning of time. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are wonderfully, mysteriously, powerfully loved by a God who sets purpose in our hearts and our lives. And the journey of purpose in our lives is not finding our purpose, but letting the Father uncover it within us. You were designed lovingly by God for a life of purpose and destiny. And then wonderfully, here's the good news. Even though as humanity, we chose something else through sin, Jesus came, and he lived, he gave his life, and he was resurrected, and now what he has come is to reunite us to the one who gives purpose to our life, who uncovers that purpose in our lives. So where do we begin in that journey? Perhaps we should begin with a question. Why do we so often strive for things, position, transformation of our looks or incomes or or all of those things in the hope that it will somehow deliver purpose and meaning to our lives. Now, I'm not saying that transformation is bad or that making resolutions isn't good. You know, it's not like the message here. It's like um, if you've made a new year resolution, boo. It's not that, okay? It's just that that's not fundamentally what brings purpose into our lives. Those are all fine and good things. But purpose is so much deeper. Um, I I guess the way I'd like to talk about it is it's it's almost like icing a cake that's empty inside. Let me me make that clear. Um, I went to a restaurant once and it was a really nice restaurant and it was one of those places where you have like a hostess waiting to seat you and there was quite a crowd there but in the in the area where you get where you sit and wait they had a glass display case with desserts displayed they had every dessert on the menu and it was unreal they looked so delicious They looked so fresh. They they just were incredible. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, how are they doing it? And and Tori was just like, I don't know. Who cares? It's dessert. And I was like, but how do they do it every day? Does like a chef come in the morning and like bake all this stuff and then put it in there? What are they doing? And I, of course, because I get obsessed about some silly things, when the hostess came, I went, how are you doing the trick with the desserts? And she laughed at me and she went, oh, you don't want to eat those desserts. And I went, why? She goes, because some of those have been in there for over a year. But what we do is every day we just touch them up. And she went, that's not even ice cream. That's Crisco, which is lard. But it looks like ice cream. She goes, and we kind of paint the cream on. And she went, actually, you'd probably die if you ate any of that. We just get them out every day and touch them up to make them look good. And I realize it so often, that's what we do in our lives, isn't it? We touch up our display model. But when life bites in, what they find is a stale old facade that we're just trying to brush up and keep looking beautiful. Desserts were display only. There was no food value, there was no taste, there was no dessert delight. If you tried to choke one down, you would probably be very, very ill. And this year, I guess what I want to say to you and to me is, let's let go of the feeling that we need to touch up our display models. So many of us have grown stale and exhausted trying to keep up a facade, and this is not what you and I were born for. It's not what humanity was designed for. And maybe we do live in an age that is more driven by this than perhaps any other time in history. We, you know, it's a, it's a time of social media. Um, I, I, I discovered TikTok over Christmas. I know that I'm the last person in the world to discover it. But it's because my daughter was home, we had COVID, so, you know, my son couldn't come for Christmas. It was a bit, oh, it's just real telephone pole in the middle of my holidays, you know what I'm saying? But my daughter was like, oh, check this out on TikTok. And I was like, what do you mean by talk-dick? Show me this magic. And then I realized, though, that, you know, like, I, I found it really entertaining. You know, i had to flip through these videos and people were funny and talented. And I was just like, and then the first day, I said to Tori, I was like, humanity is amazing. Look at how funny so many people are. But after a few days of scrolling through TikTok, I, I started going These are curated lives. This isn't the real story. In fact, (laughs) one of my favorite videos I've seen recently is a girl showing off her new boots and she goes, here's my new boots. And she catches her door on the cabinet and somehow manages to open the cabinet and goes, whoa, and then falls forward, tries to grab the other door and just face plants and then jumps back up. And I was like, I laughed, I watched it like 20 times and then I went, I wonder what her real story is. Because all I'm seeing is this display, all I'm seeing is this kind of image. I don't know the real story behind it. And listen, there's nothing wrong with TikTok. It's entertaining, but it's not where real life happens, where we find purpose or significance. The first place we have to start, where do we begin? We begin by allowing Jesus to completely change our perspectives. Let's go to the scriptures and we're gonna be pulling up a scripture here from Philippians 2 and this is gonna be a scripture that we're gonna use over the next few weeks to kind of help us get a frame for what we're looking at in the weeks ahead as we talk about purpose being uncovered by the Father in our lives. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, this is going to be a key verse for us. And, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break it down in pieces. But I get the, the privilege of looking at the first part here, these words, for it is God. It is God. And if you want to discover and uncover the purpose that is in your life right now, that you and I may not fully see, let me tell you where it begins. The only appropriate place, the only possible place to uncover purpose in our life is by recognizing this, it is God who brings purpose. You know what the most powerful resolution you can make? The most powerful prayer you can pray at the beginning of this year is this, you are God and I'm not. Or the way I like to pray it is, thank God you're God and I'm not. The world would be in a sad state, right? But see, that recognition of that fact that actually the one that I'm looking to is not me amping up and displaying and getting it all fixed. The one that I'm looking to is me completely surrendering to the one who already put the purpose within me and is going to uncover it as I walk in obedience and trust and in faith. This is what can change your year. The revelation of who God is leads us into the uncovering of who we truly are and who we can become. See, because there's a glorious purpose found in Jesus. No one possibly could have understood purpose better than Jesus, would you agree with that? We've just celebrated his coming, the incarnation. Here he is, fully God and fully man, walking on earth for 33 years. Now, (laughs) imagine if you were God, briefly, not too long, because then, you know, it gets weird, but anyway. Don't you think that if you'd come down to be with humanity that you would have had a, maybe a bit more swagger? You follow what I'm saying? I mean, you're God, right? You'd think that you'd be walking through like, <laughs> what up, I made you. Right? <laughs> I brought you into this world and I can not take you out. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, exactly. You know, back when I was in a band and um, you know, sometimes we'd go to a big venue where we were playing and we'd show up and we'd be loading in And I realized that maybe the crew there didn't know who I was yet. But I always had that kind of swagger because I was like, in a few minutes, you're going to go, oh, that's the lead singer. And I'd be like, what up? But see, that's the exact opposite of the way that Jesus walked when he came. The most purpose-filled person who's ever walked on this earth lived with no swagger, but with ultimate purpose. (laughs) There's, There's your hashtag for the day, no swagger, ultimate purpose. It's like a t-shirt, isn't it? Beautiful. But this is how Jesus lives. And listen to what, and and this is how Paul talks about it. This is from the same book in Philippians, it's just a little bit earlier. Philippians two, and I wanna pick it up here. And he's saying to him, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So you and me, we wanna have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, So he's saying, who was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's the complete opposite of how purpose works in the world that we believe, isn't it? Here is God in the earth, and instead what he does is he humbles himself, Father, reveal the purpose that you've called me for. And Jesus, he humbles himself, I mean, I'm serious. I know that for some of us we're like, oh, but this is exactly what Jesus did. He humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. Purpose begins with obedience to the one who's uncovering purpose within us. If you wanna know if you're truly, where your purpose truly lies, It's by allowing the Father to do that. This is such an extraordinary scripture. The king of all the universe humbling himself. And Paul says, let's do the same. Let's do the same. Because see, when we humbly come to that revelation and we allow it to underpin and shape our every breath, we begin the journey of truly uncovering the purpose of the Father in our lives. Purpose is not found in our work or our success or even our ministries. But here's something beautiful. Once we uncover and we allow the Father to uncover his purpose within us, (laughs) then that purpose can be known and expressed regardless of our work, regardless of our success or our failure or our ministries. Let me say that again because it's so important. Purpose is not found in our work, our success or our ministries. But when we allow the Father to uncover, that purpose can be expressed regardless of our work, our success or our ministry or our failure or any of that kind of stuff. Why? Because it's set in you and your circumstances don't write it. He writes it. We live in a world that tells you your circumstances to give you purpose. And here's the truth of the gospel. Purpose changes your circumstances. It rewrites your story. Hear it again. This morning, if you're broken, guess what? You still have purpose. Your brokenness may not be fixed in a moment, but your purpose gives you a path back to what wholeness and healing looks like. Because circumstance is not right. Your purpose. Significance and purpose are only found in Jesus. In a world that seeks to find purpose and money, success, fame, this is the most counterculture, revolutionary thing you could ever do for your new year, for 2022. Humbly embrace the truth that it is God who brings purpose into our lives. It is God who has already placed purpose within you since before the beginning of time. Because, see, when we do that, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. Normally, when we talk about purpose, we talk about people who found their dream job, right? And the Lord led them to their dream job. That's fine, but that's not a story. Or we, or we talk about a, a financial miracle, and then the Lord filled up a bank account. That's great, too. And the Lord does things like that, but that's not where our purpose lies. Our purpose lies in making ourselves to follow in the steps of the Lord Jesus, who even though he was God himself, humbly obeyed, and said, Father, uncover your purpose, and then I'm gonna follow it, even to death on a cross. That's some stuff right there. That's some truth to start the year with, y'all. I did it again in 2021. We were coming into the summer this year, and I was like, I've been working out every day, lost some weight. I was feeling good about myself. I'd written two, frankly, extraordinary sermon series. <laughs> I'm still working on the humility part, okay? <laughs> and I said to Tori, summer's coming. And, you know, coronavirus was slipped, up, had slipped back enough. We were all kind of excited. And I said to Tori, this is it, baby. This is the summer of Trey. Never say that, by the way, because all it means is for me, next day, disaster. June the 2nd, I'm out for a walk, you know, getting in my 10,000 steps. And I suddenly start going, "Ooh, don't feel so good. And within 24 hours, I was in hospital and on the edge of emergency surgery, which thankfully didn't have to happen, but I still ended up being in hospital for eight days. And I told some of you my journey over that time of everything that I found purpose and meaning in my life was stripped from me. I, I, you know, I, 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 honestly, like, you know, when I stand up here and I do this well, that's where it's supposed to be important. And suddenly, I couldn't do that. In fact, this year I've spoken less than I have since I was 17. Stripped from me. I was so sick in the hospital that I could I could barely speak to my wife. I couldn't speak to Luke and Joel who were carrying everything for me, and who, by the way, stepped up so much that it almost seemed like that it was better once I was gone. Which, if you're online, please don't write in and say, let's keep that going. <laughs> everything was stripped from me. But in that first eight day stay, what happened is I began to realize that all these things that I felt were my true purpose, none of that stuff was important. I began to understand that actually the purpose that had been uncovered in the years of my life is that I'm a father and a pastor. And it doesn't matter where I am, I'm a father and a pastor. That's what I do. That's my purpose. In fact, if I only think that I father and pastor, I'm on a stage, I miss the most important fathering and pastor. Because I think I'm actually kind of a bad pastor to you guys. But I think I'm a pretty good pastor to people who don't know Jesus yet. I think I'm a pretty good pastor to my neighborhood. I'm trying to be a better pastor to y'all too as well. I'm trying to talk myself out of my job this morning, aren't I? Yeah, this will be my last message for the church. And so right then, in that moment, just as I felt like things were kind of coming back, um, suddenly again in September, I, I had another attack of this condition that I have, and this one was really serious. They called me and told me, you've got to come into hospital. And, and within, you know, 24 hours, again, I, you know, uh, what was meant to be a routine scan, I was suddenly in critical care. And I was super ill, but I had learned already that it didn't matter. I was still a father and a pastor. It doesn't matter if I'm on a stage or even if I work at a church. In fact, none of that determines my purpose. The father wrote my purpose over me. So when I was in, those first couple of days when I was still in the ward before I got a hospital infection and got put into critical care again, in those first few days, here's what happened. I went in there going, I'm meant to father in here. I'm meant to pastor, whatever that looks like. My circumstances don't give me that. In fact, in the midst of these circumstances is where my purpose rises, because the Father has uncovered this. I didn't have to go, "Oh, I'm great. I just went, this is what I do. I'm gonna be obedient. And so in those first few days, I, I introduced myself to everyone, because that's what dads do. Don't, don't you love how dads do that? Hi, I'm Elena's father. Especially when I meet young men. I'm Elena's father. You <laughs> you look at me, yeah. So I knew everybody in the ward do never forget, you know, this was actually the day I had a terrible, I got a hospital infection and I had a seizure and a lot of stuff went really, really poorly. And this was before they took me in and I was in isolation for another two weeks or something, but that last day that I had on the ward, I was just laying there and I was, man, I honestly don't know how to tell you this, without it just sounded terrible, just puking my guts up, just sick. And I just, in the middle of that, I just went, these circumstances are not what I've chosen, but I'll tell you what, I got a father and pastor here, that's what I do. And that day when they came around for rounds, you know, they come around and all these, they go to each bed and tell you what's going on. And they went to one bed and they said to a man, they went, hey, listen, we want you to call your wife. She needs to come in and we wanna have a little meeting with you. And I just knew in that moment, it was like I just had to listen. Because That's what a pastor does, you just listen. And he came back about an hour later and I went straight over his bed because I already knew him because I'm a dad. So you meet everybody. And I went over and I sat down and I said, brother, what's going on? Did you get bad news? And he said, yeah, I got really bad news. And I went, do you want to talk about it or do you want to just sit together? And I realized that minute, you know, he didn't need me, Trey Shepard, the preacher, the teacher, the songwriter. He didn't need any of that junk. He just needed a dad and a pastor to sit beside him while he poured out his heart. As he told me, you know, that he'd been given just months to live. Nothing. No, no previous things. He just started feeling bad. Went in. They ran a bunch of scans. He had cancer everywhere. And he and his wife had just had to process suddenly that he may have months to go. And I realized in that moment, as I sat there holding his hand and just letting him talk, that when I said, can, we, can I just pray for you? I realized in that moment, this is what purpose looks like. What I do on the stage is one thing I do, but it's not where my purpose lies. We believe the lie that our circumstances determine our purposes, but actually, when you discover and allow the Father to uncover purpose in your life, then your circumstances are transformed and rewritten by purpose. And there's a story waiting to be written. That night, I was put into isolation. And I was like, what do I do now? And then I just realized I've got a private room. I get a private audience with everyone who comes in here. I prayed for people. Minister to people, I got to talk to people, I cried with people. it It was one of the most, it's one of the best ministry times of my entire life. And you know what? It was so far away from the things that I thought were my identity in ministry. Purpose is not controlled by our circumstances, but our circumstances are transformed when we allow him to uncover our purpose that has been placed within you before the beginning of time. So here at the start of 2022, here is what I want to say to you. Breathe. Breathe. Rest in his purpose. If you've already broken your resolution, rest in his purpose. For it is God who works. It is God who's uncovering. God is the great artist who looks at this block of stone and sees that in there is something that can be uncovered, a great work of art. And each one of you have been fearfully and wonderfully made as a work of art of humanity. And all we have to do is embrace that truth and trust him as we allow him to uncover his purpose in our lives. Because then that's when the Ordinary is always extraordinary because purpose is in every moment. If you've been feeling that your God is calling you more to ministry, it may not be an actual ministry role. It might just be that you're meant to minister. Hear me. Maybe you're in a job that you don't love right now and you're so focused on getting out of that job that your eyes and your ears are missing all of the purpose that's being made available to you in a place where your circumstances aren't great, but your purpose can rise. Maybe you're in the middle of a really difficult financial time or a family crisis, and in those moments, here's the thing, is we allow the great sculptor to chip away at the stuff, to, to begin to uncover what the story needs for us to become when we discover and uncover as he does this work in our lives. And my prayer for you in 2022 is this, that our cities and our neighborhoods and our schools and our businesses that we would love them enough to allow him to uncover our purpose and then obedience walk into it. Let's stand together. Jacob's gonna come and just play for a second. We're just gonna wrap it up here. We got a few minutes left, and I just wanna pray for you guys. Just some things I'm sensing from the Lord this morning. Oh, isn't he good? You are people of purpose let me tell you, here's, here, here's what's more, this is, beautiful. this is so beautiful, this is my favorite bit. If you don't know Jesus today, if it's your first time even hearing about him, you're still a person of purpose. And meeting Jesus is the beginning of that journey of getting it uncovered in your life. So maybe we'll just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. And that's where I wanna start this morning. If you'd like to begin a journey with Jesus today, And I don't mean that you have to have all the answers because that's not how any of us begin our journey with Jesus. We simply went, I'm stepping in. If you'd like to begin a journey with Jesus this morning, could you just raise your hand for me? I'm not gonna call you out or do anything weird. I just wanna pray for you. Someone gave their life and started a new journey with Jesus this morning already at 9.30, it was incredible. But if that's you this morning, can you just raise your hand? You might have to wave at me because it's a little hard for me to see up here. I wanna give you just a moment if that's you. I see you, I see you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Oh, so good, isn't it? What a way to start a year. What a way. What a way to allow the great artist to come and begin to sculpt away the pain and the shame and the brokenness and uncover the beautiful purpose that's been put in you since the beginning of time. Now, if that is you this morning, here's what we're gonna do. I just want you to pray with me and you can say these words after me or you can make them your own. But Lord Jesus, I come and I bring you all of me. And I ask for all of you. I lay down my sins and I I, I turn and I say, I receive and embrace your forgiveness for me. And This morning, I welcome you into every part of my life. I want you to uncover the purpose that you have put inside me. If you prayed that prayer, even if you didn't raise your hand, we'd love to chat with you after the service. You can just come over here to the right side of the stage and Tori and Joel will be there. The Alpha Course is a great way to carry on that journey. And now for the rest of us, I woke up this morning with a scripture in my heart and I I just believe it's for you and me. I'm going to read it to you. This is from Luke chapter 4 and this is when Jesus spoke in the synagogue for the first time and here's what he said the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor if you're poor this morning whether in pocket or or in your spirit here is good news he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners if you're a prisoner if you're in prison whether it's by your past or by your shame or by addiction or any of that this morning I say over you freedom is here for you. He has sent me to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind, to set the slaves free. And then this is the scripture that kept ringing in my ears. To proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. And This is what I want to do to begin this year with you and me here. I want to say in the name of Jesus, I proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. Favor isn't found in our circumstance. Favor is found when we find the Father uncovering his purpose in our lives. And if you are tired and exhausted with trying to keep the display up, if you feel bruised and broken because the telephone pole keeps mocking you and knocking you, and this morning, why don't we just put our hands out together and say we receive the favor of the Lord. Oh goodness, don't you sense them in the room? We receive the favor of the Lord. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it, but we receive it. And we speak favor. I, I speak favor of all of my sisters and brothers in this room. I speak peace over those who are tired and exhausted. I speak grace over those who feel condemnation. We break the power of shame and fear with the wonder of your love, Lord Jesus but we raise our arms and we speak favor over our city, over our neighborhoods, favor over our schools, favor over the economy of this land, favor over families who are struggling this morning with too many bills, with not enough food. We say, Lord, let the favor, let your favor fall. We proclaim the year of our Lord's favor and whether our circumstances change or not, Uncover your purpose within us, Lord Jesus. And I commission you this morning as a people of purpose for 2022. Sisters and brothers of purpose, carrying hope. In fact, that little passage in Philippians says, Where you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. And I bless you with that in His peace now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at coswaycoastvenyard.com.